It's an all NFC West NFC championship game. Are you happy about that? Or are you kind of disgusted by that? Does it make you want to hurl? What from the divisional round should make Arizona Cardinals fans a little upset? We play a little game of let them walk or bring them back. It's Bo Brock. It's Alex Clancy. It's Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After the wild card weekend was a complete letdown, the NFL divisional round completely redeemed the NFL with uh, some hell of some games. I mean, I I mean, I it just an incredible weekend of play and we'll break down some of that but mostly how it uh, pertains to the Arizona Cardinals is Bob Brock Alex Clancy make sure you're following along on Twitter at Lockdown AZ Cards at Bob Rack at Clancy's Corner thanks for making us your first listen you know we're free and available on all platforms if you're just tuning in for the first time thank you so much for checking us out we're your one-stop shop for all Arizona Cardinals news information opinion what we think they should do this offseason it's right here that's where you're going to find it right here on Lockdown Cardinals thanks for making us your first listen, your first first listen. How about that? Um, it's an all NFC West, NFC Championship game. The conference championship date is set, and the San Francisco 49ers back from the dead 10 weeks ago all the way to uh, play to get back to the Super Bowl. And then uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and that Los Angeles Rams team could have died. And they, uh, in the last, like the waiting, under a minute to play. They get three points up on the board to beat the GOAT, Tom Brady, in advance from the divisional round to the NFC title game and uh, the AFC matchup as well. I think um, my takeaways as far as the AFC is concerned, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you should be a little upset about the progress of the Cincinnati Bengals and how they have surpassed the Arizona Cardinals in that. We'll get into that in a little bit. But Alex, as far as the NFC title game matchup goes, how do you... Uh, are you a little nauseous looking at it, or do you say, "Hey, it's the best division in football"? We kind of expected this. It's two. Well, it's one coach that has elevated his team in Kyle Shanahan, and one who you know, yeah, they escaped by the skin of their teeth um, against Tampa Bay. But if it weren't for a couple Cam Akers um, fumbles, I mean, this game would have been a blowout. And well, yeah, Cam Akers fumble on the goal line, and then Cam Akers just you know set the fourteen point swing there. Um, you know, it, it makes me think about the future. Like what is the best outcome for the Cardinals? Um, if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl, that means they're not gonna, I mean, they're going to ride with Jimmy G for another year. You wouldn't think that they would start Trey Lance after they, after they win a Super Bowl. You would, I mean, you would think at least So I'm thinking maybe that's the best route if somebody in the NFC is going to win. But then if you look at, if you look at the Rams, it's like, there are so many guys that just want to win a ring that mm-hmm. they may just disperse after this is over. You know, you'll keep your Aaron Donald, keep Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford will come back. You know, Cooper cup is going to get paid. Like he's owed two years. He's owed more. He's owed less money in the next two years. than Deandre Hopkins is owed next year. So like they've got this weird dynamic of guys that went there to win a ring OBJ, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you just rip the bandaid off now and hope they win? Cause like, we're just looking for the future for the Cardinals here. And I'm more worried about the 49ers for the future than I am the Rams. So I just don't know. I mean, my, my brain's melting. Like this is, yeah. Yeah. Scariest environment imaginable. 
See, I think two, it's justifiable. I think which, it's justifiable. I mean, as far as the projectable future, uh, controllable assets, the San Francisco 49ers have a scary group that they can that they can move forward with. I mean, and it's and it's it's finally uh, delivering. And whether it's you know the defensive line, whether it's Nick Bosa and that crew that were able to um, hold the Green Bay Packers to to ten points and basically pitch a shutout in the second half. Um, it, it was very impressive. And, um, you know, I, I completely agree. We, we poke fun at Kyle Shanahan a lot on this podcast and the guy has been, he's not been nothing short of masterful. And I know his offense scored no touchdowns in the divisional. You can like, you can poke fun, but Kyle Shanahan has done what's necessary, you know, in the regular season and now in the postseason to just win, just find a way to win. And that's kind of the mantra of the organization. And as sexy as a fun, a fast start is when I'm talking about the Arizona Cardinals, it, when you win, when it matters, that's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun. And, uh, you know, from Shanahan kind of leaning on Debo Samuel early in the season, putting him in a running back situation, I thought that was a brilliant move and it really worked out for them. And it just completely where their shortcomings were on offense, it made up for them. Uh, just a, a impressive thing, and, you know. They didn't they didn't find the end zone, as I said. But the special teams they weren't very good special teams during the season. They were like twenty seventh. They just had to be better than the Green Bay Packers. But uh, you know, props the old flat brimmed Yeezy wearing Kyle Shanahan in his performance. It, by far, I think his best performance in the Bay Area, and it's got to be scary going forward because yeah. you know, like if they don't hold on to Jimmy G, if they do trade him, and I and I understand like your point, but they could get assets from that. And they can continue to build on what they have if they wanted to move forward. Because Trey Lance could run this offense. He just needs to take better, a little bit better care of the football. Like he could hand the ball off to Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, and throw the ball a couple times, just like Jimmy G does. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, it's I mean, obviously you'd like to see somebody from the AFC win the Super Bowl at this point. Yes. You know, I mean, because that's, I mean, that's the best case. And this isn't like, oh, I hope that the 49ers and Rams lose. It's not about that. It's about the future of the Cardinals. It's like, you never want to see a team in your division win a Super Bowl because as I mentioned before the, before the uh, playoffs started, that's free agent catnip. I mean, that is yeah. like striking while the iron's hot. Let's run it back again. The whole, you know, Tampa Bay style. Like you just, you just don't want to see it happen. You right. want to see a lopsided. You want to see a lopsided game or an ugly game in the NFC Championship game. Then you want to see either Joe Burrow, whoever wins the game Sunday night. We're recording this right after the after the uh, Rams game. Like just 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 punish whoever comes out of the NFC. I think if if it's if it's the Rams, the Rams are going to have the issue where heavy is the crown, and everybody's going to want anybody that was on that roster, and they'll pay a little bit more, a, more of a premium price for guys that. It might be tough for them to retain, but when you have Aaron Donald, when you have Jalen Ramsey, when you have Cooper Cup, and you have Matthew Stafford and McVay, I mean, because NFL rosters are so much bigger than NBA rosters, that's the equivalent of having two stars in in, in the NBA. Like that, those are the guys that you're paying premium dollars to. That's going to take up the bulk of your salary cap. But when it comes down to it during the regular season, as it always happens, it's inevitable. Guys like OBJ are cut loose. And then when they're looking for new places to play, they're going to have that edge. Oh, I want to go play with with that roster because they're in win, they're always in win now mode. And you're like, okay, well they don't have any any draft capital. All they like they needed they survived this year, and then they're back next year. They're going to have more draft capital to start moving around to get you know to can stay competitive and and then contention next year. So it's uh it's really incredible. And the Arizona Cardinals 
I mean, as of right now, I can tell you this, you know, they are going to be predicted to be third best in their division in 2022. That's that's just how it goes. Depending on what they do this offseason, unless they make some major moves, it would take some earth-shaking moves to 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 change that up. Yeah. You know, and it's it's uh I don't know. I mean, if they run everybody back in Seattle, they they could be looked at as fourth. You know, I mean, it, it, we have we have no idea sure. what Seattle's sure. going to do this offseason. You know, it's it's uh the thing that bothered me the most about this is what Kyle Shanahan and Zach Taylor have done to elevate their teams when they needed to most. And that's something that's been severely lacking with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, it's not necessarily fair to Cliff Kingsbury. Both Kyle Shanahan and well, Kyle Shanahan and Zach Taylor both had NFL experience from a coordinator perspective before they took over head coaching job. Cliff Kingsbury didn't. So it just begs the question, well, you know, why, why is he the head coach? But like, it, it's the same thing about elevating teams is what coaches do in important games. And the Cardinals were pretty much devoid of that down the stretch. Yeah. So that's let, what pisses me off the most. For, for sure. Let's get more into that conversation more about the Bengals and why, if you're a Cardinals fan, you should be a little salty about them punching their ticket to the uh, conference title game in the AFC side of things. We'll get into that, but uh, the more positive note, always a positive built bar built bar, the best tasting protein bar on the damn planet. It's uh, it's already got the, it's already hoisting the Lombardi trophy as best tasting protein bars go. It's the best one. And there's, there's no competition. Even candy bars can't compete with how tasty a built bar is, but Here's what you get with a built bar that you don't get from a candy bar. Nutrition, like legitimate nutrition. 130 calories in most built bars, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of muscle packing protein right where you want it where you've got a candy bar, it's 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. Save yourself some cash in the new year. You're trying to budget a little bit? Well, save yourself some shekels by going to built.com. We got a little promo code for you. Our gift from Alex and myself, LOCKED15, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's the promo code, LOCKED15, for 15% off at built.com. I thought you were going to jump in there. Oh, rock. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. <laughs> A little energized on this Monday edition of the podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Premiering episodes on our YouTube page. Please subscribe if you haven't done so. If it's your first time checking us out on YouTube, thank you so much. We'd appreciate it if you hit subscribe. We're approaching 2K. We want to hit that number for the offseason. And, um, you know, I think that if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, Alex, you should be very salty that the Bengals' rebuild was a year behind the Arizona Cardinals. They had the number one pick the year after the Arizona Cardinals had the number one pick. Of course, the cards used uh, uh, it on Kyler Murray, and then the the Bengals take Joe, Joe Burrow, and they hired new coaches the same year in 2019. Zach Taylor comes off of uh, Sean McVay's staff in L.A. Both these coaches, offensive backgrounds, both got the bump because they exchanged text messages with Sean McVay. That was enough in the interview process to get hired, and both – we're on the hot seat going into the 2021 campaign and both kind of uh, cooled that down a little bit. And then one was able to do it in, and then some in Zach Taylor. And here's where you should be salty. If you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, how the organization has kind of uh, embraced Joe Burrow as their number one pick and done everything to help Joe Burrow on his side of the football and it pay off. Now, I know that it wasn't the best offensive performance. He was sacked nine times. He threw his first pick in five games. But he still had a 100-yard performance from the, 
the wide receiver that they decided to go with from his school that he played with in a national championship year and uh, Jamar Chase, who had the best rookie campaign of any wide receiver in the history of the game. And, uh, you know, they were able to kind of reconnect them and they didn't miss a beat where the, it's like the Arizona Cardinals did the exact opposite. They had an opportunity, the exact opportunity in the second season for their for their quarterback to couple him with his favorite receiver in the college ranks in CeeDee Lamb, and they decided to go on the defensive side of the football. And then they doubled down the next year. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting to kind of see just that you can see an organization that was in, a year behind you, surpass you, because they did the things that you were unwilling to do and, and see it we, like, oh, we don't know how it's going to work out. But now we're seeing how it works out with the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, you could see that the offensive line, I think Joe Burrow got sacked nine times yes. on Saturday. So, I mean, it's six of one. But yeah, Joe Burrow seems to be uh, the guy there. And, and Jamar Chase, yeah, he got his dude. Um, that doesn't necessarily bother me as much as Zach Taylor just, I, I mean, I'm gonna. I keep using the phrase elevating his team, making his team like putting his team in the best position to win on game day. And they didn't play great against Tennessee. It was kind of ugly early on, and then Joe mm-hmm. Burrow just you know just kind of took over. And and I don't know, I don't know if it's there's a direct comparison because Kyler Murray's offensive line was pretty damn good the majority of the season. And it was pretty damn good. Aside from when Rodney Hudson was out with COVID, DJ Humphreys was out for a game. Um, like the ability to adapt, I think, is more on Joe Burrow than it is on Zach Taylor. But Zach Taylor overall and that organization that is looked as one of the more maligned organizations in NFL history, they don't want to play off game in 30 years or something. Of like, my lifetime, yeah. Of my yeah. lifetime, they they're they've been the punching bag of the league for the most part. I mean, yeah, you know, and they look like the uh the new wave in the AFC North, you know, and it's, it's coaching it's, but it's really like, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's all coaching. I think it's, it's an organization thing. And it it also, a lot of it, a lot of the credit should go to Joe Burrow to, to be able to overcome being sacked nine times and, and be able to still get that offense in spots to win a football game in a tight contest. Uh, you know, a lot of credit to him, very confident kid, but you know, when you look at what he's been, They'd, if outside of the offensive line, they gave him the playmaker. And then on the defensive side of the football, the, the Bengals had a big hole, big gap in their defensive secondary, like the Arizona Cardinals did this past offseason. And the, the Bengals aggressively signed free agents to just rebuild, retool that defensive secondary, and it worked out. They made big plays in that game. They picked off Ryan Tannehill three times in that game. And, you know... The Arizona Cardinals, they they basically did nothing. I mean, they drafted the fourth-round pick. They drafted a sixth-round pick, and they brought back Robert Alford after releasing him like a couple weeks earlier, a guy who hadn't played two weeks. I mean, I think it comes down to, like, one, having the players, also having a quarterback. Like, Joe Burrow is, is now, through playoff games, Alex, has been sacked 60-plus times this season. 60. And then if you look at the stats as far as how many yards he loses per sack, like, Kyler Murray is actually pretty close to Joe Burrow, and he was sacked half the times. And I just think that that's that's a big thing. Like you're not just you're not chasing third and seventeen, third and eighteen, third and nineteen. If you get sacked on second down to go into third down, it's not like an unbelievable amount of yardage that you have to get. It's it's on the quarterback play. 
It's it's on the, the general manager. And also, I appreciate Zach Taylor. They're like, what? Like, what do you think? Are you guys ahead of schedule? And he's like, look, it's the NFL. There is no schedule. We're good now, and we're winning games. And I think that's the difference between them and the Arizona Cardinals, where the Arizona Cardinals are like, hey, we're cool with taking baby steps. This is a process. Where the Bengals are like, we're just going to win. We're good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It's um, like, and they went through some some issues early on. I think they won a handful of games to start the season, and then they dipped, and then they came back. Like, it's shown, and the teams that are still in the playoffs all lost bad games early. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's wild. And obviously, you never want to lose. You want to go 18 0 every year. Don't give me the, or 17 0. Don't give me this more locker. Like, oh, it's good to win once in a while. It's good to lose once in a while. No, it's not. Shut up. Like, <laughs> it's, but, but like, what's happened is these people have gone through the ringer. These teams have gone through the ringer early in the season. And look at the 49ers. 49ers had, they were down, they were one half away from not making the playoffs. And there's a team like that every year that seems to just get hot at the right time. You want to play against Debo Samuel right now? I don't think so. Like there's just, and then if you're either Buffalo or Kansas city, do you want to play against the Bengals right now? All they do is get chunk plays down the sideline to one guy when everybody knows it's going to happen. Like the Cardinals have towards the, after that Chicago win had zero redeeming qualities the rest of the season. And I feel like that's an absolute statement. And that goes back to leadership, institutional control, and just it. That's a systemic thing. Like, and it's been like that. Can you name, and, and, and like, the, the resiliency, we said that a lot, that word down the stretch. Like, this team, like as far as the Cardinals went, they're not resilient. When we saw the Niners and the Bengals and all these teams, they're just scratching and clawing. Uh, we even saw with the Bucks. I mean, they were down, what was it, 27-3 at one point? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, they, they scratched and clawed back. Where It's like the Arizona Cardinals got down, and they were out. Like, they were out. There was – and as you mentioned, like, down the stretch, like, can you name one Arizona Cardinal that that had a good second half that maybe was equal to or better than their first half? Like, can you name one? Maybe Rodney Hudson, but because he's been – but, like, it, it's harder to quantify that. Um, it's harder to quantify that, but no. Maybe, no. like, you can say, like, Antoine Wesley, but he didn't play in the first half. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he was a non-factor. It, it's just – that those are issues. Those are big time problems. And you know, to to when when the Cardinals got down, and as a fan base, as an organization, the team, you can see that they're like, it's over. This game's over. They've lost this game. Um, you, you thought that was changing against Green Bay, you know, on Thursday Night Football, and it's it still got away from them. But the rest of the season, there just wasn't any kind of fight in this team that we've seen from these teams that are that are that played in the dance this weekend. And that's, that's a big issue. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like, you know, watching your significant other that you just broke up with date somebody else, like in real time. It's not directly like that, but it's like, it just pours definitely more salt in the wound. Like, yeah, the Rams were the better team out of the three games that the Cardinals played against them. You know, the Cardinals, the Cardinals whooped on them in the first game, but then that was like, that's not happening again. Mm-hmm. So it's looking like at this point, unfortunately, as we watch, the Rams played really well today. They had four turnovers and they still won the game. Yeah. You know, and, and say what you want about Antonio Brown being gone and Chris Godwin being gone. That's still a top 10 offense with Tom Brady there. And they just took care of business and they were, cause they were ready to play. The Cardinals took off the last six, six games of the, se- the six period quarters of the season. Yeah. 
Like what what we watched with the rate with the Rams, what what it reminded me of was the was the Cardinals against the Seahawks, where the Bucks are the Cardinals and the Rams are the Seahawks, and the Bucks took off the first half. They came back to get make the game close, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter. You can't win football games when you take off a half of football. Right. And I'm sorry, this isn't piling on. This is just reminding people why the Cardinals are where they are. I'm sorry if you don't like it. You can unfollow me on Twitter. I don't care. Like I'm going to explain what I think is the reason why the Cardinals aren't still playing in the playoffs. And that's why it's Steve Keim, it's Cliff Kingsbury, and it's a team that did not play well after their bye week. That's why the Arizona Cardinals have a ton of uh, impending free agents coming up. Let's play a little. uh, Should we let them walk or should the Arizona Cardinals bring them back? Let's get into that conversation real quick here on a Monday edition of the podcast, but cards fans, Got an incredible app that anybody who buys gas needs to know about. We're talking about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store, Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get that 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tag. Some people who drive a lot, they're making upwards of two, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and see the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Use it and you get that 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Pretty bitter loss for the Bucks. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals is the bulk of their former coaching staff, Bruce Arians. We'll see what his future is. I would imagine he's probably going to run it back. Todd Bowles, we'll see if he gets any head coaching jobs. Did uh, his idea of what he should do against the guy who had nearly 2,000 yards receiving and uh, just let some safety cover him one-on-one. Cooper Cup burned them, burnt toast for uh, setting up the game-winning field goal there with under a minute to play um, and Tom Brady and crew go down. You know, that's uh, we had the interview for Arizona Cardinals DC Vance Joseph. He he went with the his former team that he was a DC for before he was the head coach of the Broncos. You got to hope if, if Vance Joseph does get a head coaching job that it happens soon, because there's a lot of he had Wink Martindale who was fired by the Ravens. He's another guy. Mike Zimmer's out there who's a good defensive mind. Um, You've got Brian Flores, who hasn't signed as a head coach yet. There's a lot of good defensive-minded guys out there, and you just got to hope that if they don't get head coaching jobs, the Arizona Cardinals know you know what their status is at D.C. before some of those names get gobbled up. Yeah, this is the perfect time to, you know, th- this is a yard sale for coordinators, for, for over, um, you know, overachieving coordinators, um, overqualified coordinators. You know, all these head coaches that, you know, they got fired would make excellent coordinators. And yeah, it's the same thing we talked about Brian Dable and Eric Bianami last year. Like Dable's going to be swooped up this year. That, that's it. Especially if they win the Super Bowl. It's like, you know what? He's like, I'm good. Josh Allen, cool. Um, he's going to be swooped up. And it's uh, it's unfortunate. because I think that's a guy that you would trust to run this organization, in my opinion, at least. Um, and I... With Vance, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the offense put him in a bad spot the majority of the year this year. Sure, they weren't great against the run, and that was something that wasn't really fixed all year. Um, but they also were the reason why 
they scored so many points per game in the first seven weeks. One of the main reasons why giving the, giving the offense short fields. I, I just don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting case. It's kind of like cliff. It's like, you don't really know what you're going to get until you see it. And I, I mean, he's never been a head coach with a quarterback. I mean, he had Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and, you know, crap box quarterbacks over there. So he never really had a chance. Um, defense was always fine. So I don't know. I honestly would not mind if, if Vance Joseph took it. I mean, good for him. You know, I, I, I do think he didn't get a shot, but at the same time, I don't think he made the adjustments uh, based on his personnel. And I don't think he had the personnel to really make any adjustments with down the stretch. And when you see a lot of the teams that are having success in the playoffs, it's on that side of the football. They're keeping their teams in games. Uh, it was all during the divisional round. Offenses uh, were sputtering and struggling and the defenses were were winning games for most of those teams. Um, and I think he's good. He's fine. But there's even Vic Fangio's out there who's who's run a more successful defense than Vance Joseph. Um, I, I wouldn't mind to see a, a change. I, I still am interested to see, you know, a head still has to roll for how things ended. And I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, there's conflicting reports about meetings and meetings that didn't happen and intense meetings and Michael Bidwell is pissed. But we still haven't heard anything. And I just don't like, like, organizations need to be swift with this with these moves. Like you can't drag your feet on these. Like you have to like with you have to be able to take advantage of the full talent pool out there, so you can get the best guy available for the job. And I just think when you drag your feet and you just try to do this this game where you're gonna be thorough, but then you still pull off the move that fires somebody, it just puts you in a bad spot. It just does. And and then you're scrambling. And then it's like you never had a plan to begin with. And they've done that at the quarterback position. They did a couple years. You know, they did it at the head coaching position. It's just learn your lesson. Like, that's why I feel like when this team fired Steve Wilkes after one year and they sat, sat there and said, hey, we're, we're taking uh, responsibility for this, but we're not going to answer any questions. We're just going to do uh, – we're going to sit here for this many minutes and answer these questions, tell, tell you that we screwed up, but we're not going to tell you how we screwed up and how we're going to change things. And it's like that accountability still doesn't exist in this organization. And that's a big time issue. <sighs> that sucks. <laughs> All right, real quick. No, I don't, I yeah. don't want to start over. I, I don't, look, the, I don't think they have to start over. They just have to start making positive moves. They need to start developing depth. They need to start giving themselves a, a chance. They need to start to uh, they need to continue to develop their their franchise quarterback because the play. Where does that start? Where does all that start? It starts with your general manager. Well, and it starts with drafting well. Yeah, he's the you guy know? making the picks. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can do the Sean McVay. Who cares? They've made it to a Super Bowl. Okay, they're in another cha- NFC Championship game. You cannot compare yourself to Sean McVay. Les Snead sure was on his way out, and you know what? Jared Goff happened to work. They drafted Todd Gurley. That worked for a little while. Aaron Donald's the greatest defensive player. Maybe we've ever seen, you know, at least from that position, they've traded away their entire future to maybe win a Super Bowl or two, and then they're going to be, you know, decimated because they're not going to have any young talent. But the Cardinals have had all their picks, and they've still stunk it up in the draft in the first round. And that's where it starts. Inexpensive, young players to build around. And it's just... Something that they just completely punt on, and not having not having heard from from Steve Kime at all mm-hmm. at all yeah. since they've lost, that is just it's soft and yeah. it's the Arizona Cardinals. It's not taking any responsibility. It's not. 
and it's all it's basically leaving you know letting people just make their own like assumptions or decisions about who should be accountable i mean i'm sure he has no problem with cliff taking the bulk of this blame i'm sure he but he's he's just as much if not more to blame for their downfall because of 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 how poorly that roster like who what they had to deal with at the end of that season both sides of the football it was a mess now let's take a look at these things as far as some of the guys that steve kime's gonna have to make the decision on uh you know we're only gonna have a couple here and we're gonna have deeper discussions especially i think the running back room we'll get into james connor chase edmonds i think that's uh that's maybe a podcast worth of, of discussion but like chandler jones Watching Von Miller make big plays in the last couple of weeks, it's like he played with a, such a, a larger fire than than Chandler Jones did down the stretch, and it's just like it's tough to tell when you look at the stats, but like when the when it matters most, I just I didn't I didn't see much from Jones down the stretch to to merit him getting big guaranteed dollars at his age going forward. I think you let him walk and test the market. Yeah, but but he's a guy just like I mean. You know that once he puts on another jersey, he's going to Calais Campbell it. I know they, they're not the same exact player, but it's just mm-hmm. it's one of those things where if he goes to the Ravens or if he goes to Pittsburgh or if he goes somewhere with really good defenses, he's gonna floor, he's gonna have ten sacks next year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like it. It's the devil you know kind of situation. I'm not you know I'm not saying he him perfectly. It's just a phrase like I at this point. Two for two for thirty five with eighteen guaranteed over two years, like I I don't. It could be a lot worse. And if they don't have him, their pass rush is null. Yeah, they're gonna have to rework it. Absolutely, they're gonna have to rework it. They're gonna have to rework a bunch of position groups because it it just it fell flat. And you know we're still looking at a defensive secondary that's not good enough. Uh, the pass rush is something that they're gonna have to figure out. It's like you don't you only have so many draft picks, right? You can't you can't draft a, a guy at each position, especially with the guy making the decisions. But like Chandler Jones, like as you said, if he, if he gets double digit sacks, we know what that looks like. You know, it, it you know what that looks like. Like how big of an impact did it is there? And like to be scared, like that kind of creates a, a crutch for this organization. And we've seen them do that and and lean on a crutch on certain positions to where they don't really make a, the, the moves necessary. For the future, because of that, and I, and I'm looking at the wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I know we got to get out of here soon, but like yeah. the 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 big button one. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has a 25 million dollar cap hit next year. There's an out after next year, so if he wants to restructure, that's mm-hmm. the word that no player wants to talk about unless they can get more guaranteed money on the back end. But that means that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 30. Like. I still think that when he's healthy, he's a top three receiver in the league. I do. Yeah. Now, just because the cap hits big doesn't mean you can't work around it. Like, you just got to figure it out. But you want him to play the next couple of years for the Cardinals. Otherwise, as you mentioned, this offense is, where's it going to come from? Right. Yeah. So I, that's just another uncomfortable thing. It's like you can't, this is why you draft well. I know. So you don't have to worry about free agents right. and trading for players and giving away draft picks. That's why you draft well. And don't overpay people just because Jerry. It's so Jerry Jones like with Steve Kimes. Oh, he played three good games. Give him a hundred million dollars. I was yeah. right. Yeah, we saw with David Johnson. We did. 
Yeah, we did. So when you look at the running back room, that's going to be an interesting one to kind of follow this offseason. We'll have more conversations about that. We'll look at the uh, tight end as far as Zach Ertz. <sighs> the wide receivers. You've got two key wide receivers that could exit Arizona and A.J. Green and uh, Christian Kirk. We'll get into those, all those conversations, plus your backup quarterback and a lot of the guys on the defensive side of the football that we haven't even touched on. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, follow along on Twitter at LockdownAZCards, at Clancy's Corner, and at Bob Brack. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, of course, uh, now that you've listened to Lockdown Cardinals, make Lockdown Bets your second listen. Get all the insight from your boy Q and Lee Sterling for the upcoming conference championship games. Can't wait for it. All right. Talk to you guys on Tuesday. Is it 2022 yet? (laughs) It is.